Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. How did we end up here? This place is horrible. Smells like balls. We had it all. You were a movie star, remember? Who was this guy? He used to be Birdman. I like that poster. You wrote this adaptation? I did, yeah. And you're directing and starring in your I, adaptation. That's yeah. ambitious. Are you afraid people will say you're doing this play to battle the impression that you're a washed-up comic strip character? Absolutely not. That's why 20 years ago I said no to Birdman 4. Hold the mask off! You do hold the mask off! Now you're about to destroy what's left of your career. Oh, you know I'm right. You're so nice! Hey, what's up? Why don't you try to rest a little bit? Face it, Dad. You're doing this because you're scared to death, like the rest of us, that you don't matter. And you know what? You're right. You don't. Baby, can you understand me now? Sometimes I get a little mad. Don't you know no one alive can always be an angel when things go wrong? Listen to me. You are the original man. Let's make a comeback. That's what I'm talking about. You're a bird man. You are a god. Hey, is this for real or are you shooting a film? A film? You people are full of crap. Music. He's a Hollywood clown in the Lycra bird suit. Yes, he is. But he's going out on that stage and risking everything. This is about being respected and validated, remember? That's what you told me. I got a chance to do something right. I got to take it. Give the people what they want. Let's go back one more time and show them what we're capable of. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. So good. Welcome to Movie Sucktastic episode 163. Four. 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 
And we're on week three of our Oscar catch-up, and uh, we're reviewing two films this week. This is the second of the two, Bird, uh, Whiplash and Birdman. That's right. Uh, uh, both next up for week, Best Picture. Next week will be the final two. We'll, we'll have done all eight nominees, and that will be Selma and The Imitation Game. But right now is Birdman. Now, Birdman um, is up for uh, Best motion picture it's up for best actor nine nominations uh, it's the most of any film right uh, it, w- it was um not accepted for best score because it only has drums i don't get that uh but that's that the academy either. for you two things academy hates black people and drums apparently yeah but they that's like movies neither, neither about d- drums so there's that right well that's you know <laughs> you can portray them you just can't have them in your film that's Come right on. Uh, hmm. And you know, and I'm 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 rooting for this film for original screenplay, even though it's up against uh, Nightcrawler, another of my personal favorites. Yeah, but we know that Nightcrawler doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell. So, well, best screenplay—that's a good place to sneak in an underdog. They gave Quentin Tarantino best screenplay. When what, didn't, Pulp for Fiction? Pulp Fiction? Yeah, didn't they? Yeah. Didn't he win best and screenplay for that? He did. And years, years, years later, you look back and you realize. Fuck, what a mistake not giving that movie best picture. Well, that was the point, too. I mean, that, that it's it's like it's categories like that where you can truly acknowledge the genius mm-hmm. and say, okay, you know what, we'll give Titanic a lot of shit, too. You know, it, it's, it's a give and take, you know. Um, that year, Forrest Gump won. And oh, it, fuck it, me, yeah, right? It's, it's, I, I wrote a list uh, a while ago for our blog, um, and it basically went through a few different years where... Uh, you know, this film won, this film should have won, this is why this film shouldn't have won, why this film should have won. And Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction, was one of those uh, years, it was 1994, it was one of those years that I wrote about, and it just, if you look back at everything in uh, uh, Pulp Fiction and Forrest Gump, you look at everything for Forrest Gump, that was when they were going crazy with CGI, um, they overused it in the movie, you know, they had fucking John F. Kennedy's mouth move, but it was at the infancy of that type of CGI, whereas today, you get away with it, looks great now, but then it was at its infancy, and it, you look back at it, and it's like, how the, f- yes, people were just mesmerized by this gimmick, and now, one best picture because of it. Now, speaking of CGI, um, this, and this falls into the, the complexity of the screenplay, which is why uh, I, I do feel... I'm rooting for this one more than Nightcrawler, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film, which is about artistry and the stage, and like you know, I'm p- putting on a stage artistry? play. <laughs> artistry. I said the artistry. artistry. Yeah, artistry. Yes. Shut up. Yes. And, Respect um, the artistry. Yes. <laughs> but at the same time, the film about that is filled with CGI scenes sequences. No, oh, you mean Birdman? Yeah, Birdman. Well, I don't want to say started off filled. Saying that. I, th- I think filled is strong word. It, there's a lot of CGI. There are big <sighs> scenes with CGI. Yes. There are big and, scenes, and, but it's it's now, it's it's it's, I don't, it's sporadic. It's, it's sporadic doesn't mean there's not a lot of it. It just means it's not all at one shot. Uh, now, the, the, the whole the plot of the film for anybody who hasn't seen it, which is a mistake. Uh, is that uh, Michael Keaton is playing a character uh, that loosely shadows himself as far as uh, having been the, uh, an old, um, a former action star of a series of comic book-based movies called Birdman, you know, a la Batman. And right. he, uh, he's, he, his career took a downturn after he left that series, and now he's trying to make a comeback uh, and be recognized as a serious actor by producing, writing, and starring in his own stage play adaptation of a Raymond Carver short story, uh, um, what we talk about when we talk about love, and there's right. there's an aspect of that that I want to get into later, because I I have a, a film critic I want to tell to go fuck himself. Uh, Is it Stephen Witty? Slightly. No, it's not. Uh, he seems like he would probably like this film. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was a it had a lot of popularity to it, so I'm sure he gave it at least two and a half stars. I, um, I, I would I would venture but, to say we should find his review for it just to see what he gave it star wise. But I would venture to say he this is a three and a half, possibly I'll, even a four star from Stephen Whitty. I'll look it up while we're talking. Um, okay. 
Oh, Jesus. And of course, the first thing that comes up when I type Stephen is Stephen Hawking. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you've, you haven't done a search for him lately. No, I have not. <laughs> um, uh, and Stephen Hawking will not be chiming in in this episode. But, um, but anyway. It was kind uh, of fun it, it, the first time. Which is uh, which is, is sad because you know that would be the perfect time for it since that happened. Um, but what I'm getting at is uh, that that's one of the the um, contradict. There's a lot of contradictory uh, action behavior in the film, uh, and you know about the duality of life and the contradictory nature of people in general. And so a lot of you know so this is an action star from Hollywood that's trying to remake himself as a stage play. Uh, or playwright and a you know stage director and an actor, right. um, and so there's these fantasy sequences where he's having this mental breakdown and he's being talked to and being invaded by this Birdman character and he's having these hallucinations of having superpowers. So in a sense, we have somebody who's performing, who's putting on, who's creating this bare bones like realistic drama. Raymond Carver was a very uh, down to earth real uh, realism author. Uh, you know, portraying you know, common people, mi- middle, lower class, and right. uh, while he's doing this, he's having these fan- these CGI fantasies where he's a super, where he has superpowers, and he's, and he's flying and shit, and like you know, uh, so there's a there's a strong duality there between him trying to achieve greatness through normality, or through you know, uh, low key toned down, and these two worlds colliding. I mean that's just and that's just one of several uh, examples in the film. Yeah, um, and and the thing the thing with uh, Michael Keaton's character is he it's like you said before it's kind of mimicking oh, his his own career. Three and a half stars, uh, you're right. <laughs> it, it just sometimes you could just tell you know what a what a Stephen Witty review looks like. You can always guess within a half star what Stephen Witty's going to do. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Sometimes he throws you for a loop, like it's a surprise. It's like, holy shit, he liked this. Like, didn't he like, like Drive Angry? Carol- no, 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 not Drive Angry. It was, um, uh, it was uh, the remake of Death Race two thousand. Death Race. That's right. He he gave it three stars. It's like that came he out came of out fucking nowhere. This is a great movie. Like, what the fuck? No, no, no. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like shit. Did he just and see? I- nothing but garbage for a straight month and he's like i had fun watching this i'm giving it three stars he might even have given it three and a half i'm not even sure but i know it was at least three it was like holy shit that came out of fucking left field uh yeah and i I like death race i'm not saying he shouldn't have given it to because it's a bad movie i'm just saying it's not the kind of thing the critics it was like when drive anger came out and all the critics like just like had a connection or had like a like a, they all something, everything went crazy at once, and all the critics went, yeah, 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 three, four stars, yeah, great movie. So what, really? Right. What the <laughs> fuck? Exactly. Man, my computer is so ready to crash right now. Uh oh. I, I keep just seeing down at the bottom that. Uh, well, let's 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 forge through this then. It, it keeps it keeps saying, hold on, it keeps saying CPU above. You know, ninety <laughs> percent. It's like, oh, that's wonderful. I'm just, I'm now, I'm closing applications, just left and right. I'm like, I'm stopping my antivirus. Uh, I'm stopping my remote software. And, and like, this is all riveting information. Yes. It, it is. Uh, well, you know what? Because you know, the next thing that's going to happen is people aren't going to have well, a fucking show to listen to. Well, well, then let's talk about the movie as much as we can before we get to that point. Okay. Um, I can't and I, and I can't find Stephen Woody's review of that, but I, I found a review of the House of the Devil, and I'm not going to read it because I'll be upset. Uh, <laughs> Did he like that too? I, I saw a, f- a fun movie, and I turned it. I, I closed Ooh, it. Not, fun I'm not, movie. No, not not even getting there. Not even going there. Um, so I mean, there's a lot in this film. The direction is uh, inspiring. It's all the film up into a, up to a point is all one continuous take. Yeah. So I it's had, really like I, one long shot. And Stephen shot. Hawking was going to chime in on that, but he's not anymore. <laughs> yeah. He was going to let the batteries recharge. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. It it it, it the, the way it works too, it's so beautiful because you'll you'll be walking down, uh, you'll get like a the the person's back. They'll be walking into a scene, then they'll walk off into a different direction. The camera will keep going into the scene. And then the person that was in, you know, you saw their back 
sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. They'll walk back into the scene, and then the camera mm-hmm. will follow a different direction. And then well, it mean, just every single shot is people walking in one way to another way in a room, out of a room, and it all just flows. It's got this feng shui thing happening. It's yeah, just you, you, flawless. And it's not the first time it's happened. You know, people have done stuff like that too. You've got the uh, Touch of Evil, obviously. Oh, yeah. um, uh, Scorsese with uh, Goodfellas, I think it was, uh, and um, even even uh, uh, the. Well, the thing is, too, uh, the, when that we want to talk about film, the final, the big cut, the big, God damn it! Anyway, the final uh, cut. It, no, not it. Uh, anyway, uh, but when we do our Oscar show, I'm sure they're going to mention about how it was a continuous shot several times during the evening. Well, they have to, uh, yeah, and and also now th- that plays into the whole idea of it being the big picture. That's the film I was trying to think of. Because they're playing oh, right. on that concept anyway. The opening is the opening is kind of like a because it's an insider Hollywood thing, and this film's kind of an insider Hollywood thing too, which I usually don't like, but I do in this case. Yeah. Um, uh, but it also it's reminiscent of uh, Hitchcock's Rope, and th- that's part of the pr- the purpose to this too is that it's a film about a stage play, and stage plays you know there's no takes obviously it's live on the stage, so what the director is kind of doing is giving you like uh, like. The, all the world is a stage. This is the stage that these performers are walking on, and they even use that quote from uh, Shakespeare at some point in the film. You know, life is you know, all the world is a stage. Fools, blah blah blah. Oh, that's right. They do use that. Yeah. So the, yeah. Again, there's yeah. a lot of overlapping of ideas in the film, uh, and a, a lot of great performances, uh, and and they they you know they throw in the CGI to keep you guessing and. And you mentioned too, uh, you and I. You mentioned before the show that we can't really talk about it because we don't want to give away anything. Uh, is right. the ending of the film, and uh, that's with Whiplash and with this, the two endings you don't want to give away because they're they're that good. Right, but I, 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 and once again, I don't think there's. You said there's a controversy about the film, or at least debate about what the ending means. And, right, but that's well, not controversy. That, but a lot of people have different opinions. Right, but I, but and that's good because that's that's what the artist does. At a certain point, you say, okay, I'm doing this purposely. Again, not like Lost in Translation where you just say, hey, I wrote shit, but you're not going to hear it. You didn't write <laughs> shit. In this case, you're, you're setting up something to... And it and in case of both films, which is I, another similarity between these two films, well, I didn't notice until you mentioned it. Uh, but both these films, it's not like we say, okay, and you decide what happened. The the theme of the film and both films and the storyline and the characterization and everything that's leading up to this point... Uh, purposely hits you, gets you to that level, and then the film does something to, to, uh, to fold the theme back on itself and say, "Okay, now you have to decide where the reality is." Right. And now, in the, with Whiplash, it was more like where the, where the morality is. You have to decide where the where the moral judgment or philo- philosophy is. With Birdman, since we have a character who's breaking down, whose sense of reality is breaking down. Uh, and we see that in the film, we see we see the film portrayed as what he sees. The end, you kind of have to decide what's reality, what's fantasy, and you know which is more important. Right? Yeah. Um, you you can go by um, what happens, you know, in that scene. You can go by, you know, uh, how the credits roll, because you you hear when the credits roll, you hear background noise. You can. F- you know, there's little things in that that if you really pay attention to, you might you might yeah. hear things. You know, it's just it's all kinds of things. The ending is open ended, but not so much. You kind of know what happens, I think personally. Um, well, but great art is open to interpretation, and it does so purposely. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Ray, Raymond Carver, a lot of Raymond Carver short stories. He's not. He didn't. You know, he he's considered one of the great contemporary short uh, if not the great contemporary short fiction writer and um, a lot of his short stories uh, were written in that kind of manner where there is no definite ending uh, what you're doing is setting up a scene or a moment and exploring the characters and themes and motivations and then the like just like life it all doesn't end at the end of that story there's more happening afterwards and you have to you, you have to decide how you feel about it Right, you have to interpret it, um, but we don't have to do that these days because we have fucking critics. Uh, and I, <laughs> and I love the scene 
where Michael Keaton and the critic clash. Mm. Great awesome. scene. Awesome. I mean, when he pulls out the, the flower and he just puts it in her face, because you don't know what this is. Well, it's a very... It, it's it's a very... Um, it's a tense... It's a very tense scene. It is. It's great. And what I love about it, it's it's a complete clash of ide- idealism between the two of them. Uh, and I'm, I don't want to... I, I honestly don't want to spoil parts of it, so I'm just going to leave it very vague. Yeah. But um, there is a... There is a very, uh, from the critic, there is a very spiteful, um, mean-spirited, I, there's a great word for it, I can't think of it, but there's a, it's like a venomous, almost, attitude towards Keaton and what she feels he represents. And then when he responds to his view of what her job or her she represents, he gets close to her to a point where it's it's almost... Well, it's like you're violating space. You're, yeah. It's it, it's it's to it's and you're like on his like, side. Yeah. Well, you are, but at the, at the same time, he acts in such a manner where, like, if you saw this happening at a bar, I, most people would be like, "All right, guy, hey, you know, lady, is this guy bothering you?" <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, it, you you honestly you, you honestly like are on the you don't know how far he's going to go with right. it's, it's 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 physically imposing even threatening to her uh and it uh and there's it's all and there's a lot of uh dialogue in the scene a lot of intelligent dialogue that explains things and it's very good uh but it's also filmed with that that that, that frenetic like kind of it really just feels like a fight sequence it's probably right. the closest this film gets to a fight sequence I love a real the, fight I, lo- I love how both uh, or Ed Norton's character describes her when she first is in the scene. Yeah. Oh, uh, <coughs> it's so good. No, I don't. Actually, I don't even want to ruin that because it's just a. It's just a beautiful no. line. Yeah. Now, th- this is the kind of film where you can really just take sections of it, mm-hmm. and you can, um, you can deconstruct it, and you can uh, theorize about it for no end in time. That is the true for me. I've always considered that's what true art is: is where you can debate what the intention was forever on a lot of the stuff in these films. Oh yeah, a movie like this uh, will make its way through film classes all through the country for years to come. You know, it's going to yeah. be not that I'm saying it's going to be the you know the Taxi Driver, the Citizen mm-hmm. Kane, but it's going to be in you know it's going to be in that class. Uh, at least for a while, you know. It's like this is a movie you need to watch. We're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down. What yeah, you know, your your oh, interpretations, definitely. things like that. Uh, this is that kind of a film. You know, it's art house, but it's not. If that makes any sense, I mean, it falls into both categories. You know, with the CGI and all that stuff, you can you can you can see that they put some, you know, some money into it. But for the most part, it's an independent film. It's art house. It's beautifully directed, you know uh, wonderfully written. What? You know what our house means? I know the definition. In my our, head, I know what the definition is for... Our, you know, our, for house, our house is shit that my neighbor's not going to watch. That's well, all our house is. Well, yeah, that is true. They're not going to watch this. Yeah, I was, I'm saying, you know, our, 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 our house just means not mainstream. I mean, <laughs> you can call it underground. You can call it independent you can call it film. You, want, sure. you can call it art house. You can call it uh, um, new wave. Call it whatever the fuck you want. Break it down into segments. And not not saying you fuck, yeah. But it's just it's just not mainstream. And we just can't come up with a single word that explains not mainstream. We have to keep whatever trending, whatever currently trending. Uh, but that's all. This film. This is not a film that someone that that doesn't have imagination or intellect or a soul is going to walk into walk out of it and say hey i got a lot out of that they're going to come out and say i don't get it how come they didn't explain the ending how come there wasn't more birdman stuff i don't understand this that one scene where it was doing all the birdman stuff was cool i thought it was more of that and i feel bad saying this now because it's going to sound like i'm insulting my parents because i'm not because <laughs> I, I, I just portray people that don't like the film as being stupid, but you know, that's not what I'm trying to say. But this is one of those films, I guarantee you. Uh, it's like the, it's, This is just like uh, um, No Country for Old Men. This is the kind of film my, my parents watch, and at the end, the credits start rolling, and my mother turns to me and goes, that's how it ends? 
<laughs> That's this is one of those films. I can I can I, I can see her calling me. What the hell was that? <laughs> That's not how you end a film. I know, mom. I know. Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. Oh, <laughs> again, man. not implying that my mother's stupid. No, that my was parents. Not my, intention. my my parents. Uh, same way. Same but, way. You know, you know, it's a mainstream. Uh, it's a mainstream view. People, just, some people just want to go to a film and like watch a story for two hours. Well, whenever some people I, want a bit more. Whenever I talk to anyone about this movie and they haven't seen it yet, I, I the first sentence out of my mouth is, "You know, it's not an action movie, right?" That that is my first sentence because there are a lot of people that I've talked with that from the trailer they kind of get that it's going to be this action comedy. And it's like no, well, I mean, there's funny parts, but it's it's a drama. Just just, it's it's dramatic. It's well written. There's a lot of dialogue. Expect that going in. If you don't like that, then don't see it. You know, it's not a you know, it's not an action movie, right? Yeah, I must <laughs> I must have said that like ten times. Hey, you see that movie Birdman? Yeah, I want to go see it. You know, that's not an action movie, right? <laughs> and I, and I think that's kind of it, it's. But but again, I I I respect films that don't try to please everybody, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Which doesn't mean you're not trying to make a good film. Uh, I I say that, but then Magnolia can still go fuck itself. Oh, but, uh, but I think Magnolia was trying to please everybody. I think that's the problem. Um, it was great to see Zach Galifianakis in a role where he wasn't being Zach Galifianakis. Always yeah, good. That's true. Uh, I, I mean, you you you. you Break your hands trying to count out the great performances in this film. It's just uh, everybody that was nominated was deserves it. And the people that didn't get nominated really deserve it. Um, I find Zach Galifianakis was uh, he, when where they were at the Golden Globes, and I don't know if you watched those, if you watched the Golden Globes at all. No. But no. for like the last two three years, what they do now when they open the show is they go to an actor, and they tell like like a paragraph's worth of bio. And it's like, and I'm Zach Galifianakis, and I'm an actor. He didn't have his beard. He shaved oh, his beard, and it was it was fucking weird. Because when he started talking, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And then at the <laughs> end, he's like, and I'm Zach Galifianakis, and, and he was like, and I'm an actor? Like, question mark. And I'm like, holy shit. Then you could see it was him. Like, once he said his name, it's like, fuck, he doesn't have his beard. He... he He's not a bad-looking guy without the beard, but he's he he's known for having saying, it. Well, it's weird it, it, to see him without it. Well, and you could even take that take that as as an extension of the whole Birdman thing. Is okay, you know, I'm I'm famous for being this guy in a suit. I I, I take off the suit, but I still want to be an actor. Are people? Am I still recognizable? You know, is it me that you know is it's 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 complicated. It's a complicated thing, and and it, and it really. It erodes what uh, what identity you might have. Uh, I mean, what the biggest thing, the struggle with Michael Keaton's character. Now, here's the funny thing: in the trivia in IMDb, uh, at one point I found something that said that in an interview, and I don't have this verified because it's IMDb trivia, which means it could be fucking made up. Yep. But in an interview, he said that the character he plays in the film this is, is one of the most opposite characters to himself he's ever played. This is Zach Galifianakis. No, no, Michael Keaton. Oh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, I mentioned Michael Keaton before I started saying that. I'm sorry. Um, it, it, so he said, he said this role is the most opposite character from me that I've ever played in a film. Now, I understand why he's saying that. As somebody who has a lot of similarities between the character, you want to distance yourself. Say, listen, this isn't about me. Yeah, I was Batman, blah, that's kind of cute and all. This isn't about me. So he was closer to Pacific but, Heights guy? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm, I'll fucking throw roaches in your house. Clog no, no. up all your fucking ducks. Forget, forget that. I'm like, dude, desperate measures. You were a serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> but he's smart I, enough to save that guy's daughter's life. Yeah, but please tell me that you're closer to Birdman than you are the desperate <laughs> measures, like uh, serial killing redneck. Please, come on, really? <laughs> we 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 can all we can all like Google this shit now and look up your f- film history. Don't just say that just to distance yourself. I mean, That's you know. Right. And I and I like I like to think that uh, actors all find a bit of themselves in the characters they portray. That's you know how you do it. I don't know how true that is. I'm not an actor. Uh, I know as a writer, I tend to find things within myself. 
Uh, and that's something I want to talk about briefly, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I, I am a writer. Uh, oh. I, I'm, I'm graduating uh, my BFA a couple decades too late uh, next month uh, in creative writing. Uh, does not make me an expert in writing, but I'm somewhat knowledgeable. Okay? Agre- agreed. One of the big fun things for me in this film is that it's about Raymond Carver. Or he's a, he's a background character. Right. And, and the whole one of the big inside jokes is that this is a guy again, a, used to be a larger than life superhero action star and he's adapting a screen uh, a short story by Raymond Carver which pretty much just involves four people sitting around a table talking about love and turning it into a stage play and there's a lot of humor just in the idea of that he's you know all these weird things he's putting into this film turning it into the stage play and uh, he's and he, he's he's uh, his inspiration for being an actor is Raymond Carver. He has a napkin and he signed it, and there's a lot of in jokes about some in jokes about that as well. Yeah, what he uh, said was he goes just 20 years before I put on the suit. Right, and he had gotten the napkin. He'd gotten the autograph. Right, and uh, so you know, and again, it's about artists, about respecting an artist, trying to be an artist, by trying to emulate an artist by using an artist's work or writing himself into an artist's work. So there's a lot there he's trying to be a famous uh, someone that people love and respect by taking the work of someone else that's already loved and respected so th- you know there's a lot going on there too there's you know there's layers of identity and you know what am i really trying to portray what's my real goal blah 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 uh it's fun on my end just considering the idea of him doing this play based on raymond carver's short story and seeing how they play with it in the film uh if you've read this short story there are differences than what they do on the stage, blah, blah, blah. Also, uh, and he, this is why I'm going to this real quick. There's okay. a review in Forbes by this guy, Jonathan Leaf, who I hate just by looking at his picture. And uh, <laughs> his, his, uh, his byline is, I write about Hollywood. I write about what Hollywood is saying and what's worth seeing. Oh, so already, God. fuck you. Uh, that, you know, off the top. And then his full bio, apparently he's a... Uh, He's a pr- one, he's one of the country's most praised young playwrights because uh, he wrote a play. I've never oh. heard of it, uh, and he has ra- he's received rave reviews and all this thing. That's the only credit that I see here is that he wrote a p- play that everyone loved. So now he's an expert on films. He's doing critic oh. reviews. Hey, okay. fine, everyone's got an opinion. He, he does he doesn't like Birdman. Great, whatever. The title of his review is "How Birdman Betrays Raymond Carver: An Untold Story," oh, and he's got his—he's got his whole pan—he's got his panties in a bunch over, over this whole idea that they took Raymond Carver's story and they—they they, you know they bastardized it on the screen because he didn't like Hollywood, he didn't like the kind this kind of stuff, uh, which is kind of the in joke. You've got a Hollywood person. Uh, he, so he ignores the fact that the film is aware of this because that's the whole one of the whole jokes here is there, you know, this guy from Hollywood is trying to become more famous by using the work of somebody that eschewed fame uh didn't believe in the whole hollywood bullshit so he's you know he's taken as an i i you know as a hero as a source somebody who would, who would have despised everything he did now this guy talks about that in this review but he talks about it as if the filmmakers didn't get it like it's like oh didn't they see this no shit sherlock it's part of the fucking subtext uh it goes <laughs> It goes on and on, and then the last, <coughs> it's four, four, four pages, which is four pages on, on web, so it's really like maybe two full typewritten pages, maybe one and a half. Uh, he, uh, he also goes into detail about the story, what we talk about, we talk about love, is one of the stories that were that was rewritten by Raymond Carver's editor. And it's one of these stories that, after his death, his uh, wife had the publishers reprint the actual rewritings. The, the editors were rewriting some of his stories. Uh, no. Trying to make them more mainstream, and what? So why would the why would you just fuck with what works? But go ahead. Publishing, dude. Publishing. I mean, it's, it's who? Why does anybody do anything that makes no fucking sense? But um, the, the the story they're using in the film is the Raymond Carver short story rewritten by his editor, and he says, "Oh, didn't they have researchers? They should have known this." It's like, all right, think about it. Michael Keaton has rewritten the short story as a stage play. What adds to the irony more or adds to the whole theme than the fact that he's written rewritten a story of Raymond Carver's that was rewritten on him originally? Sure. There, there's the no fact, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. There, they, the the director a, knows that. 
And it, that's highlighted by the fact that when Ed Norton comes on, and the big thing is he's auditioning to be in the play, and Michael Keaton wants him, Ed Norton begins to rewrite the dialogue from the short story. That's right. <laughs> and, yeah, and they kind of ad-lib a little bit. And and the and the lines and, and you know I went back and double checked. It's been a while since I read that short story. The the dialogue he rewrites is actually original dialogue from the rewritten version of Raymond Carver's short story. So he's taking this and he's editing and re, he's literally editing. Like you know he, the five lines. This is redundant. Blah blah blah. That's what editors do. Short and contract. Ed Norton as an is editing and rewriting Raymond Carver's work in this scene. And and they're both like oh see how great is that. It, it was fucking intentional. It's part of the fucking movie. If you're a playwright, if you're a, the youngest renowned playwright, you fucking know this. This guy is a whiny little bitch who doesn't <laughs> like the fact that this film kind of sheds a negative light. And the, on the last page, here's the one that got me. Here's, here's where, okay, you're being intentionally obtuse and you're just a dick. Is um, Blah, 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 blah. Uh, they show up as well in its, um, for all its protests, for all its protestations of artistic purity and earnestness, those values and beliefs are obviously in the film, uh, are obvious in the film. But yeah, but the whole idea is it's, it's questioning those and showing how they're being sacrificed. Quote, they show up as well in its false cop-out ending, fuck you, <laughs> and, in a, and in a bogus confrontation between the real hero, between the hero and a New York Times critic. But, you know, mm. In a bogus confrontation, you mean it wasn't real? No, it's fucking written, <laughs> asshole. It's a movie. Really? <laughs> really? What's this Bird guy's Man's name? Inclusion. I need to oh, see the, his stupid face too. They, they, they appear too in Birdman's inclusion of the special effects. It claims to look down on as a mere distraction of tinsels for the rubes. That's the fucking point why they're in there in the first place, asshole. Do you, I get that? And I'm not. A, I'm not the country's youngest famous fuck playwright come on really you should uh, you, you should send this guy an email I, I i've got more important things to do than tell this guy he's fucking pretending to not understand something we can you know excerpt this audio and you could send that to him i feel free i'm just label this feel episode free. uh uh label this episode jonathan leaf can suck it right that, that, there you go that's the name of the episode <laughs> stamp my face on it if he pays extra money to just get notified when his name is mentioned, it'll get to him. <laughs> but I doubt it. Maybe he has a cutting service. Oh, oh wow. Clipping <laughs> clipping service, sorry. Wow, I, I, saw I knew what you movie. meant. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I forget what movie it was. Like, so I need a clipping service. I was like, holy shit, how fucking dated is that? Man, we're getting old. Clipping, the fact that I know what a clipping service is makes me old. Yeah, well, you're not the only one in the room, so... <laughs> I know, but still, it Not blew me away. Behind. And now I'm now I'm like using the phrase, but uh, yeah, uh, I had to get that off my chest because I read that like I, I was researching for the show, and it was one of the things I'm watching the film. I was like, yeah, it's interesting. I, I want to see if I can find any articles that talk about that. And this is the first thing I hit. So you got to be fucking kidding me, you know? Jeez. Whiny little bitch doesn't like that the film like cast any aspect of of, of, of you know stage plays in a negative negative light, right? Yeah, he has to mention El, El, he has to mention Albert uh, Albert Elby. No, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, of course you have. You to can't please Albert. everybody. You just you can't. Well, I, I, I just it? hate this. I, I hate the the the, the false, um, uh, what's uh, intellectually dishonest way that when critics it was like the Lone Ranger. When uh, one of the, the one review I was reading said, "Oh, and it doesn't make any sense in this unrealism because the things that are happening are, you know, and like he has the pop, he has he has the peanut thing in his hand uh, during the the thing. It doesn't make sense. You know damn well it's supposed to be a fable, and he's telling the kid, and that's why they showed that. That was a specific trait, and you're pretending as a critic. If you don't know that, you shouldn't be writing anything, let alone criticisms. And you're gonna pretend that you don't understand that just because you want to trash the film. That's the shit I can't stand. You want to, you didn't like the film. That's fucking great." You don't, you don't fucking lie about it. Well, Just yeah, say well, it's yeah. a bad film. I mean, people are... Um, they're, they're praising the film Foxcatcher. And I only bring this up because, you know, this guy didn't like Birdman and we're shitting on him for it. Uh, people no, really... No, no, no. I'm not shitting on him for not liking Birdman. I'm shitting on him for his false well, equivalencies on why he's trashing the film. Just want yeah, to clarify. Okay, okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, it's okay, but people are really praising Foxcatcher, and I'll tell you now, I was bored to fucking death 
for that with that movie. It's just, I was, and we're not reviewing it because it's not an Oscar Best Picture nomination. But if we were going to review it, uh, I I'd be able to defend you know my my consensus that yeah it's boring the story lacks uh the the writing is okay to be honest if you read the real like john dupont story there isn't enough su- you know substance there to make a two-hour movie there just there isn't there's a lot of filler in that movie and it feels like filler and the climax at the end is built up and there's it, you feel cheated because it's not that good. Um, I'm I'm in, I'm interested because it's nominated for best original screenplay, and so I'm very interested in seeing why it was taken to that level. Nah. Um, then again, Boyhood was too. So who all bets are fucking yeah. off? If you want, if you um, watch Foxcatcher and you do want to review it down the line for any reason, I'd be more than willing to, or at least just I, we'll even just talk about it even off air. Because uh, I need to talk to somebody about it. Oh no, no, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna watch it. I, I'm gonna watch as many Oscar films after the Best Pictures as I can over the next couple weeks. I don't have homework uh, for for a few weeks, so I'm gonna have a little extra time. You know what the funny thing is too? Foxcatcher sounds like a banjo movie to me. I have yeah. a new thing now. I have, I have banjo movies. Uh, Whiplash was it at first because I knew there'd be a lot of long out scenes. But if I have to watch a film for the show, or if I'm watching something and I'm not really 100% willing to devote my attention to it to begin with. I was given a banjo as a gift, and so I I just kind of play that randomly while I'm watching the film just to get used to the keying, uh, not fingering and everything. Okay. So, uh, Foxcatcher sounds fingering. like a Foxcatcher and Selma gonna be gonna be a lot of banjo practice in the next uh, week. Yeah, I mean Steve Carell is decent in it. He's got a Best Actor nomination. He's not gonna win. Um, I don't think he's that good. I don't think John Dupont, as a human being, was is is interesting enough to give someone an Oscar for it. But that's me. So, uh, so well, what that, is uh, what is Birdman up? Uh, I'm sorry. What did you that, say? I was just saying that makes me more curious to watch the film now because of what you said about it. So, but that's because yeah, I'm wacky. It, I, I was not thrilled, but, um, and I'm not one to say, oh, it's boring. Uh, I don't like. Bo-. Listen, if there's a if there's dialogue and it's well written and it's well acted, I'm in. I'm good. But I just for whatever reason, other than the fact that. It just—I don't think the story is that strong. I—I I just found it to be a pretty boring film, mm. and probably um, because it's not a strong story. It's just—it's not. It really uh, is. Again, now I'm—I'm I'm curious to see it and see why it's for best screenplay and and why you're talking about. I'm—I'm I'm, like, I'm interested to see. You know, I didn't hate it. I just—I just—I I wanted to—I I wanted to like it because I—I. Right. I, I, you know the Dupont story is. I thought they could do something more interesting with it, and I found, in my opinion, they didn't. Um, so, what is Birdman up for? It's got the most nominations of any Best Picture oh. with nine. Uh, we yeah, should go down on. the list and just see what it can realistically win. Hang on, let me bring up the uh, awards thing here because I have I have my printout sheet, but it's all random, and I have to dig through it. Uh, Academy Award nominations: Best Motion Picture, uh, Best. Okay. Uh, leading actor, obviously, uh, which okay. I, I think he's in a good running against uh, Cumberbatch. Ed, uh, Bradley Redmayne. Cooper's not going to get it. Uh, I think Redmayne. it's up between him and um, Eddie Redmayne, personally. Yeah. yeah, you mentioned that last week, and I, I have to agree. Yeah. Uh, two Cumberbatch, very strong performances, two different performances. I mean, you, you want to talk you know, opposite sides of the spectrum. Sure. Um, you know, so it, it's a tough decision to choose. Eddie Redmayne yeah, is a very he's a young actor. He's probably going to be nominated a few more times. Not that I'm saying that Michael Keaton won't, but mm-hmm. he probably won't. It's it, yeah, and you, I, it's it's a lot up in the air. I mean, if if you bring politics into it, it's even more up in the air. Uh, best supporting actor for Edward Norton. Uh, no. We mentioned that last episode as well. Uh, I, my money's on Whiplash for J.K. Simmons. I think you oh, agree. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, then Absolutely. we have uh, Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role for Emma Stone. She's got Best, best Performing. she got Best Actress? Uh, supporting A Supporting Role. No, oh, no, sorry. okay, fine, Sup- fine. Supporting Role. Because I was going to say. I, it's not no, that. I, I, I said that whole sentence. I'm almost positive. Best Performance in a Supporting Role, uh, Actress Emma Stone. And she's up against... Uh, uh, 
Boyhood, fuck that. Laura Dern, no. I haven't seen in Wild. Imitation Game, eh. Um, I I don't know. I'm not overly impressed by any of the uh, supporting actresses I've seen so far. So you know, maybe if I get a chance to see Wild and Into the Woods, which Into the Woods I really don't want to fucking. I really don't want to watch Into the Woods. No, I'm, no, not at all. I, I'm I'm really really not into this whole sudden resurgence into adult versions of fairy tales again. I, I really wish we could stop doing this every and, ten and years because it's, it's a fucking musical too, right? Oh, it, so is it's, it? It's just two strikes right there for me. I think it oh, is. I'm not sure. Can we? No, no. Uh, anyway, Mer- Meryl Streep's up for best actress for that. Uh, uh sure, okay. I, I mean, um, just enough. Stop. No, no. She's up for best supporting. No. Meryl Meryl Streep is not up for best actress. It's the best supporting actress. Fine, but even so. Okay. No, no. I just, just I was just correcting you. The, um. Then we have best achievement in directing. Uh, which you know goes hand in hand with best picture. Right. Usually. I don't, I don't. I lost my best director list here, so I don't know who is up against. I'm not prepared for this. Joey put the. Joey usually does this, but he made me do it. Now, now we're all kerflunkered. Yeah, no. The only um, reason is because my computer is probably going to crash if I. I, I didn't want to live stream. That. Yes. But uh, that's what it is. Uh, also, it's up for best writing the screenplay, which I already mentioned. Uh, best achievement in cinematography, uh, which is uh, there's other stuff up against that too. Oh, here we go. Well, directing it's, it's up. Directing it's up against Boyhood. Fuck that. Grand Budapest and Imitation Game, uh, both get well directed, Strong. I guess. Strong. Yeah, I mean, if if Foxcatcher is as lackluster as you say it is, then it's probably up. Uh, it's a, probably a battle between Birdman and Grand Budapest, which is kind of what the best picture is up against, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then because um, Selma's not going to get it because yeah. uh, Hollywood's racist, and uh, then we have <laughs> cinematography. Uh, I, I don't cinematography. It's up against Grand Budapest again. Ida, no idea. I, th- I think it's going to be Birdman or Grand Budapest, and I think Budapest is going to... I think it's going to have to win. Because, uh, yes, it's one continuous shot in Birdman. Cinematography is very uh, good. But it's not like it's never been done before. I think Grand Budapest, Budapest is just strikingly a beautiful film. B- Birdman you know? is also up for two of our favorite categories, sound mixing and sound editing. Uh, well, it's going to lose... <laughs> Both to uh, gr- uh, what Guardians of the Galaxy probably. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is not up for sound editing. Editing. Oh, it's uh, not. Sound editing. It has American Sniper, Birdman, The Hobbit, Interstellar, and Unbroken. Uh, I, I gotta go Interstellar. I, I, Interstellar or Hobbit, fantasy or sci-fi. It's the only place that the, those two usually get awards anyway. That's and right. And then sound, um, you know. And then sound mixing is uh, Sniper, Birdman, Interstellar, Unbroken, and Whiplash. Uh, and could go Whiplash. I could, yeah. Could go Whiplash just because but, of how tight the audio for you know musically it is. So, I mean, like I said before, it's it's like when you have like best editing or best sound mixing. I I don't know enough where to say. You know, for me, it's great sound mixing if I can't hear them like pick the needle up off the record or you know it's like. Wait a minute! <laughs> or like, why do I hear birds chirping? They're they're like, they're it's it's night in Antarctica. How come? It, you know, it <laughs> it all sounds. All these films have really good production value. That's why they're all nominated for in the first place. So I I mean I don't know how you say this was the best sound ever. <laughs> you know, they all had pretty good sound. You it know, was the best sound this year. Yeah, I mean, it's like don't tell I, me Guardians of the Galaxy did not have really ridiculous surround sound because it does no that was up that's up for visual effects and that's no, 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 i know but it's like why isn't guardians of the galaxy not nominated the sound in that was fucking ridiculous yeah i i, I as long as uh as long as planet of the apes doesn't win for for best visual effects that's all i care about <laughs> and i haven't even and seen it and i don't like it the only reason why it, it would is and i haven't seen it either is how good do the monkeys look does, do all the CGI monkeys look good? Does the hair, no. you know, flow nicely, or do you see jagged no. edges on it? Do you see jaggies? It's, it's nineteen. It's not nineteen seventy anymore. It's all CGI. It's it's like you know. Okay, well, that's what yeah, I mean. Of course, it's going to look effects. realistic. It's it's going to look realistic. We know it's going to look realistic. Well, they had a they have a hundred million dollars, and they they've got fucking banks of these these machines do crunching the numbers for them. Of course, it looks fucking wonderful. There's no art. There's no craft to it anymore. Well, well, it's it's. I don't agree with that. 
I, I agree with it to an extent, but there it it there does it takes some talent to to still do that. I'm not yes. saying that people that do it don't work hard and that there's a lot of work involved, but I'm but say again and we've had this debate long in past and for me it's been dead ever since Troy came out. Troy. Uh, just that. Just because of the trailer, the trailer kind of underlined for me why I, I'm like, I'm I'm not impressed anymore. Uh, you hit a point where like when you watched films when Superman came out, I mean the you will believe a man can fly. Why the <laughs> fuck would you? Why would you even say that? Because back then it wasn't that it wasn't that oh we'll make you believe that a man can actually fly. They're not meaning it literally. What they're saying was what they meant to say was you won't fucking believe how real it looks that we got a man flying. Really, right. there's no wires or anything, but that was too long for like a poster. So they had to condense it. <laughs> but that, that's what they meant. They, they like we spent meant, oh. $50 million on this, and you're going to see it on the Dude, screen. Do you remember watching like cable with the, the making of films? Like, it was like, oh, oh the yeah. complicated process here. Of how it, And it's him lying on a bench in front of a green screen. And yep. you watch that now, like, very complicated. It's like, you're like, you're on a fucking bench in front of a green screen. I can do that now in my fucking bathroom. What the, <laughs> or bedroom. I don't know why it's a bathroom. It, it, it just blew people away. Wow. It, it, he's flying. And there's no, that wonder is not there anymore. Even Jurassic Park, as much as I fucking hate it, it was like, oh, wow. You could, you know, you believe the dinosaurs. Re- they look real. They're big. So, oh, yeah, that was pretty impressive. Everything after that was just like, like with, with Avatar, Oh yeah. Oh, you believe there's a real race? No, you won't. Yeah. No, you really won't. No, it's it's just big blue CGI. Mo- We've seen this before. What the? Why you? Act- okay, it's it's smoother and nicer than the other CGI. It's still the same fucking thing. Why? Why? Yeah. Like, Cameron the, the, was uh, quoted as saying, "This film changes everything," and it's like, really, <laughs> really changes everything. <laughs> then he actually had to take back that quote because you know they had to justify spending half a billion dollars on it. And it's like, well, it might not change everything, but it's pretty damn close. It's like, uh, you're a dick. You, you, you really are. Guys, you, you know, when you're making so much money and you got everyone around you and, and everyone just gonna just yes people and all that, it's it, how do you not think you're fucking? You know, how how do you not convince yourself? Oh yeah, everyone that doesn't like 64 frames a second, you just aren't used to how how awesome it is. That's all it is. Whatever the fuck it is, five hundred. <laughs> Yeah, but you remember that bullshit. Oh no, yeah, it's just too real for your eyes. No, it's not. Yeah, no, no, no. You, you really, know when no. I when when they have a close up shot of Gandalf the Gray and I see contact lenses. No, <laughs> sorry. But you I'm know, not that, all that, in. I don't. It's it's there's and you know what? A lot of that maybe in Birdman too. This this kind of arrogance of uh, you know controlling reality and and uh, uh, they they believe that they can just fool us and but we but that's the whole point is every you know it's not real that's the whole point of going into it. i fucking it's just cgi is not you know it's a tool oh yeah it's a, it's a tool mm-hmm. you know you know what film i like the cgi in the lone ranger i still you haven't know why? seen it i still haven't seen it you gotta be fucking kidding me I've been i know raving. i know i, 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 I know myself in front i own of the it train. Everybody, everybody in the world hated this film, and I've been like defending it nonstop. And you haven't even bothered to see it. I'll, I'll tell you why I like the CGI in, in that film because if they had made that movie twenty years ago, they would have killed at least a dozen horses. Oh, easily. Easily a dozen. Yeah, now it jumps off the flaming roof onto the. Uh, oh, do we have more? You know, it, it's just, every time I watch uh, the Adventures of Baron Munchausen and that opening shot where the Baron jumps off the ledge, and he's on his horse, and he jumps, and the horse's back legs almost hit the ground, like its knees hit the ground. I'm like, uh-huh. that, ho- that horse was never right again, I guarantee it. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the, it's one of those things where, like, at the end of the film where they have no animals were hurt or injured during the making of this film. It's like, yeah, they have to have that. You know why you have to have that? Because they used to kill animals to make films. <laughs> Well, yeah, perfect example. When we did our Beastmaster episode, they spray painted a fucking Bengal tiger and killed it. It got cancer and died a year later. They did. They did the same thing to humans on the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> that is, yeah, well. So, so it's not like they're mistreating just animals. Let's be fair. It's like but, uh, you know what? And they had the foresight not to kill. Uh, who was in Goldfinger? The the girl that they painted gold the was girl. it Jane Man Jane Mansfield? 
No, it was a girl in gold, I forget. Well, anyway, I believe they had the foresight not to paint her completely. Because there was something like a doctor was on set and said, uh, because she was like hanging off the bed. And they showed like one angle of her feet. uh, Uh And it's all painted. But the the soles of her feet were not. So they have the angle where you don't see that. And the doctor had said, if you had painted all the way through there, she would have not been able, her skin would have not been able to breathe at anywhere, and she probably would have died. But, but here, here's the thing that's always bothered me about that story and about the film, is that you're painting the girl because in the film, the girl was painted and died because she's fully painted. Right. So how, how would you actually, I, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't believe that legend where, oh, a doctor had to stop him. Because how do you say, okay... The, the scene is about a girl that was painted entirely, and she died because her skin suffocated. Now, we're going to paint you entirely. How does that sentence leave your mouth before either the actress leaves or you realize how dumb you are? Yeah. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Just, I, as long I as you don't paint it. the soles of her feet, she'll be fine. It's, it's like, <laughs> all right, now, in this scene, the guy shoots himself in the head and kills him. You're going to shoot yourself in the head. It, what? <laughs> There's no... You can't It's just blanks. That. Yeah, but didn't you see what happened to... You know, Brandon Lee and the Crow. <laughs> well, if you want to talk about actually shooting in the head, that's the actor from um, Voyagers. He's the one that did that. That's right. Brandon was shot by some, and that wasn't a blank. That was a dummy dummy bullet that was lodged in it because they were filming in North Carolina, where there are no unions, so they didn't actually have a uh, a weapons master. They just had a props master. So he didn't realize that if you don't make sure that the the barrel is empty. Projectiles can be forced out and kill you just like a real bullet, because that's all a bullet is—a projectile. Right. Yeah, Voyagers. That was the—I uh, forgot the guy's name too. That was—I um, just looked it up. Uh, Jean Eric Hexum. Oh, was that his name? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he's fucking dead because he thought it would be funny to put a blank, a, a gun full of blanks to his head and pull the trigger like he was killing himself, and ironically, killed himself. Look at that. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. And it wasn't oh. on the set of Voyager, which I always thought it was. Because I oh, heard really? the stories like, oh, wow, he killed himself in the Voyager. Uh, and you'd think that like acting in a show like Voyager, you would want to kill yourself. But it was a television series cover-up. Oh. Which I'd never heard of. And I guess that's why. No, yeah. You'd think you would. You know, if that happened nowadays, it, that show would be common knowledge. But before the internet, before viral videos and all that, it's just forgotten. Well... Ironically, Voyagers is forgotten too. I don't remember because I actually watched the show when I was a kid. I never did. I never you, you, and you know what? It never occurred to me until just now what the Voyagers was. It was an American remake of Doctor Who. That's yeah, all it is. Sure, yeah, I could see that. Definitely. It never occurred to me that just now how much of a blatant fucking Doctor Who ripoff that show is. It's like <laughs> it's a, it's like the American culture like just totally bastardizing the idea of Doctor Who. I'm surprised people don't know the film show more because of that. I need to bring that show back to light by mentioning that to more people. Well You heard it here first. Yeah, sure. Revitalization of the Voyager series. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Gotta beat the pits. Um, you wanna rate this? Yeah, let's go ahead and rate it. I lost it because I was doing research while we were talking. Uh, again, like Whiplash, last episode we rated Whiplash a 9. I could go 9. I could even go 10 on this. I'm, uh, I'm ready if, for if 10. You put, if you put my feet to the fire, I, I could go 10 on it. Let's, do, let's, let's burn them, baby. 10. Uh, I say all 10. Right. All right, let's do it. You, um, know why, you know why 10? I would say normally 9, and then that last one is a fuck you to, uh, <laughs> that ass, to Jonathan Leaf. Jonathan Leaf, that number, that last star is for you for being an ass. Uh, so you know what's interesting? I I was watching this last night, uh, you know, uh, for the show, and I watched it, and I saw about half of it before I and I didn't fall asleep because obviously I'm giving it a ten, but I fell asleep because I was just fucking genuinely tired, and uh-huh. I woke up, rewound it to the point where I fell asleep started watching it again and not that i didn't like what i was seeing i was just in i was just tired and i'm like i have to watch this tomorrow with a fresh head Mm -hmm. if i didn't and i just continued to watch it and then i reviewed it for the show right now i probably would be fighting over you for the 10 because i watched the other half today with a fresh head like i did last night before i fell asleep love the second half probably more than the first half and if I'm glad I, I, I 
decided to rewatch it instead of trying to, you know, kind of barrel through it last night just to get it watched. Because I probably would have a different review for it. And that's happened to me only a couple of times where I'll watch something and then I have to watch it again to say, do I like this movie? And I'm glad I watched it, uh, uh, finished watching it today. The other time was Fargo. Uh, and that was just because that was a bad experience. I had two of our friends. They I was were with you. hot. They were, no, you weren't with me for Fargo. I, uh, not me, maybe somebody else, but it was, it was myself. What, I, what, what Cullen Brothers film am I thinking of then that you and I went to see? Um, no, it wasn't Fargo because Fargo. Diana took me to see Fargo. I saw that at the Angelica, and that I, I went to. I did go to see a Coen Brothers film with you though, where they, and it was a bad experience because there was like uh, yuppies behind us that were drunk. Was it, was it No Brother Where Art Thou? No. Uh, no brother. Oh brother, Where Art Thou? No. Fuck. Now we got to look at their their mm. films because it's going to bother right. me. Oh, you're right. No, I saw Fargo at, at the Angelica. Okay. Um, but uh. The fuck did uh, the we highest see together rating, then? The number nine is the highest rating. It was twenty six point six percent. The people voted nine, so we're above the average. Okay. And uh, again, the lowest demographic is females aged forty five and higher at seven point seven, and the lo- the uh, highest demographic is nine point with males under the age of eighteen. Once again, I'm shocked that there's a lot of young people liking these films that I like. That I w- I would that for some reason. As I get older, I'm becoming completely biased towards children uh, or young people. Where I'm like, "Ah, you're idiots! Fuck you all!" And yeah. I'm totally wrong. They get it. They get it. And you know, I, I, I should. I, I'm ashamed of myself. Is it I'm because sorry. they're 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 impressionable? It's like I should like this, so I I'm gonna even though I don't like it, I'm gonna say I like it. I mean, there could I, be some of that. I I don't know. Under eighteen, liking this, that I don't want to say I'm shocked, but I kind of am a little bit. Right. I, you know, I well, don't you know, see I don't see under eighteen really, uh, you know, gravitating towards this movie. Okay, I I don't see a seventeen year old kid watching this film and understanding all the uh, subtext and all of the issues being brought up, but I can see them enjoying the film and understanding the playfulness of it and and getting the overall theme. So yeah, I you know, sure. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's that's that. Uh, are we done? I think we're done. I think we're done, too. <laughs> the scene where he's telling the story about his abusive father with Edna <laughs> is on. Now, it's a great scene. I saw that coming, though. I'll, 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 you know, I'll admit it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, how yeah. could you not? You, I how guess. could you not? You, it's a great scene, though. Um, seeing it or not seeing it uh, coming. All right, so here now I got to queue up my shit because I've been at a solid like seventy percent CPU use because of live stream the whole oh, show. Oh, you know I, I'm sure there's at least half a dozen people out there who's who are who are, are going to be listening to this, and by now we're going to say, you know what? I don't give a fuck where your CPU is at. <laughs> I'm not one of those because I care about your CPU deeply. But yeah, I know it, you do, which is why we're going to be switching to UStream. I know, I know Holly's going to say to me after she listens to the episode, says, what the fuck's up with the CPU? <laughs> <laughs> and the next time I see her, I will, I will let her know. I will yeah, go into detail. We'll talk, about, we'll talk about cores and threads and, and whatnot, for sure. Pixels. pixels. No, no, that's something totally different. That's got nothing no. to do with my CPU. Yeah, it does. It, that's more graphics card. But that's a whole different thing. We can do tech yeah. talk. We don't have to do it tonight. Anyway, all right, let's go ahead and end the show then. Okay. Oh, who is this? Episode one sixty four. I'm not gonna oh, let yeah. uh, I'm not gonna let the Hawkman end our show tonight. I'm gonna Ooh. do it. He did an okay job last episode. I'll do it this time. Um, all right. Anyway, you can go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. You can download all the shows there. You can watch the show live there. Uh, if we go to Ustream. We have a live stream app there. If we go to Ustream, I will replace it with a Ustream uh, application. You can do it right from the site. You can download any of the shows there. You can listen to the shows. I have a player embedded into the site. You can do it that way too. You can go to iTunes. 
You can listen to the show there. You can download it to your favorite you know, player, however you want to do it. Leave a review if you're there. We always appreciate them. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. You can go to our Tumblr page at moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. You can go to... Uh, no. You can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. 908-514-4470. If you want to email us, the address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. You can also go to uh, uh, your favorite search engine. Scott likes Google. Google it. And you can do a search for Movie Sucktastic. You'll find everything I just talked about. You can also download the Android app that we have. Put it on any device that uses Android. And you can listen to the show. You can download the show. You can do anything that we just mentioned in a nice, tidy little package for your phone or tablet. Your phablet, whatever you want to call it. And that, that's about it. You got this... Got this what? stare on you. Yeah? Yeah. What's wrong? <laughs> Is it time for my words of wisdom? Uh, Scott, do you have any words of wisdom? Fuck you, Jonathan Leaf. Fuck you. Wow, what happened to the sound? I, I think we should end this... Yeah, yeah, maybe. There's, there's a scene where uh, Michael Keaton is moving shit around in his dressing room, so... Yeah, let's and, go and end the show and, before we lose this episode. And, and let me just say, let me, let me just say, I, I, I don't, I don't mean fuck you, Jonathan Leaf, as an individual. I mean as a critic. That's all. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye. Or sooner. Maybe sooner. I never know. Doubt it. Smells like balls. Ha, ha, ha.